heart or whatever. And love, true love, will follow you fire off. I should give your heart to a wild thing. They don't know your heart. I do. I've seen it. You have shown it to me. Is my heart showing? Oh, it's Megan. Hey, y'all. It's Molly. Welcome to another episode of the Is My Heart Showing podcast. Today, we are going to be asking the question, is my food brainwashed? We suggest that you do wash your food, but maybe not with your brain. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I should have thought that thing better. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so Molly, how is the new puppy? <sighs> well, she's uh she'll be a year at the end of February. So I was really thinking by now we'd be more in the clear. She she does know a lot, but she's kind of we kind of went through like a honeymoon phase with her where we thought, <laughs> oh, okay, we, we kind of taught her the basics and everything was good, but now she's kind of gotten really used to us and now she's picked up on some bad habits and we're having to kind of redirect her now. And yeah, I feel like with, they, they kind of are like, oh, this is a new place, like when they first come home and then they like, they get more comfortable and get more comfortable and then you train them. But then like, yeah, they I think they just get so comfortable that they progress a little bit on the training. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. When we first got her, she's an Aussie doodle. So she's, she's 25% Aussie, 75% poodle. So I was expecting a active dog, but she really wasn't. And I know that like they say after the first week, they really start to show their true colors. But really, like even after a week, she was not really that hyper. And I was like, man, we just got lucky. She's really not that hyper. But it, it took like a couple months. <laughs> People would be like, oh, she's so calm. I'm like, I know. No, not anymore. <laughs> no. And she never barks. She used to never bark either. And now she barks like she, yeah, she's found her voice now. So we're having to teach her like <laughs> not necessary to bark all the time, not for every single tiny little thing, <sighs> but we're working on it. So, so this week I, I kind of, it's going to feel like it's all over the place when I start, but I do just, hang on with me till the end. It will make sense. But (laughs) I, so I was listening to a, um, it was actually a sermon and it was from, I think like 1969 or so. And, um, he was talking about just the power of your thoughts and, and, how like what we think controls us basically and he um touched on this uh thing from 1932 it was 
Um, it's called Stalin's, Joseph Stalin's plan to destroy America by peaceful means. Have you heard of this? I think I have heard of that, actually. So I, I tried to look up, like, if you could get a copy of this. I could not find this anywhere. I'm, I'm sure that if you really dug and you went maybe to like a yeah. library or something, you could find this because <laughs> yeah. it does exist. Like it's a literal speech that he, at some point he gave, I don't know who the audience was, but um, it, it just shows like the use of ideas to conquer people. So he didn't want to necessarily fight America. So this is, is his plan to destroy America by peaceful means. So it had six um, points, basically paragraphs, six, six of them of how to peacefully destroy America. He believed that it could be done within a generation. Um, I guess he thought like about 50 years and United States would fall. So I, I have heard of this. Okay. So I, I wanted to just like briefly discuss them and I, I do you want to say when I'm quoting and when I'm not quoting? Because this is, this is pretty rough. Okay. Yeah. So um, number one, he, he was advocating for the use of philosophy, mysticism, the development of liberal cults, furtherance of atheism and agnosticism. It was all designed to discredit Bible doctrine and to nullify and discredit the word of God. So he recognized that he needed to get rid of Bible doctrine. He needed to get rid of um, faith and um, basically promote agnosticism and atheism. So that was the first point. (laughs) Second point was the destruction of marriage and in with that is kind of crazy to me but here it is again quoting the advancement of theoretical interracial marriage practice so promoting interracial marriage he thought would destroy marriage and he thought if they could break up the family um that would help Number three, um, principles of culture. So think the realm of the aesthetic. He wanted to cultivate the ugly in art, drama, literature, music, and amplified this by saying that any nation or people who utilize, quote, aboriginal music or the drum are easy to conquer. So he said, wherever you find the drum and rhythmic beats that those people can be easily conquered and they're easy to control. So if you can get them to like that kind of music and Uh like think like, you know, you go into the art, (laughs) like you go into art museum and it's like a white canvas with like a black dot. And then, yeah. you know, like that, that's what I think of when like ugly art, yeah. I'm like, there's nothing to this, but it's like suppressing your thoughts really now drums 
I love drums and that's very hard to do. Like if you, my <laughs> son is a drummer, like I, what is happening? But I think that they just like, I don't know, I obviously didn't have any respect for it, but yeah. I mean, like when you add yeah. all the instruments, like you are using your mind more, like when you're reading music and like that kind of thing. So I guess I kind of see the point of that. Okay. I don't know. So the ugly culture, he basically mm -hmm. said that if you attack their culture, that you can tear it down that yeah. way because I guess think pre war, well, actually around World War One, um, the in the sermon he made this point. So like around World War One. Um, think before that too, like think civil war and like mm -hmm. things like that. They have patriotic songs, right? Like Yankee Doodle yeah. or, you know, they wrote um, the Star Spangled Banner was written in a wartime story. So they discussed freedom and, you know, promoted patriot patriotism yeah. and all that. So he's like, if you can get their music to be mindless, then they they can't believe in anything like they they don't have that to believe in so okay. yeah and he mm -hmm. said so art dancing um so he was saying like you know we used to like learn how to dance and you would go as like a young child to these dances and balls and they had these dances that you had to learn how to do yeah and then think about how we dance today you know I, know. Mm -hmm. I think that that is getting better though, because we have TikToks and all these kids are like learning dances. <laughs> yeah. But, <sighs> okay. I guess I, I kind of get that a little bit, but okay. It gets worse. Okay. Number four, create unrest, suspicion, and revolt among working classes. So promote class warfare. And so he was saying that they you see this a lot on like college campuses, like people are against classes. And sometimes like, it seems like they're against themselves. Cause like, yeah, you're going to college, you're, you're in the upper class yeah. there and you're, from, you know, <laughs> against that. But anyway, he was saying, True. Yeah, usually the people that are protesting aren't even the ones that would be benefit benefiting from it. But yeah, said if you can get the them class conscious, if you can get them to be thinking about that, you can get them to fight amongst themselves. Mission Number, accomplished. Yeah. Number five, um, that was the economy aspect of his plan. Um, standardized, cheap, and shoddy. So he advocated state monopoly economy, let the government take over so it will be inefficient. Um, he said no nation can survive 200 years of inefficient leadership. Um, and then along with that, he said to get off the monetary standard and <clears throat> withdraw um, the exchange gold for foreign currency. So tear down their economy. And number six, set up the idea of thinking internationally. So Stalin said, if you can get people to think in terms of brotherhood, internationalism, you will destroy their patriotism. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then you destroy the freedom of the, of the freedom that the people have to fight to give their lives for something, something worth fighting for. They yeah. um, wanted, they said, get rid of any school or organization that promotes patriotism, like ROTC and um, things like that, that are inside these um, organizations. They said, get rid of all those, destroy those and ridicule all patriotic efforts and persuade young people towards pacifism. That's such a hard word to say. Um, Anyway, so that just like got me to thinking because you do see some of that from 1969 to now. Like what was accomplished? What wasn't accomplished? I mean, um, I was actually really uplifted just the other day because I saw um, it was Veterans Day recently and mm-hmm. they, a lot of the local public schools put on this whole patriot, patriotic service and they sang songs and um, had some, um, I saw one of them got to speak to one of the dads that was deployed overseas and they mm-hmm you know, lots of patriotic stuff, which is always good to see. Um, But then like some of these other things, like, you know, the culture of ugly and like not really trying hard in our art anymore. Like it's just kind of, you know, dancing and flangling our arms and we don't have like learned (laughs) steps with our dance, but like, is that destroying us? I don't know. But it just got (laughs) me to thinking about how people do like try to take over or try to use you by using like a brainwashing technique or by like getting you to think something or a certain way to get you to do something. Yeah. So you, you know, if you've read the, the uh, title of the episode, we're going to talk about food today. So (laughs) you're like, what does food have to do with <laughs> so, so I was l- listening to the Katrina Ubell podcast. Um, oh my gosh, help me. I didn't write the name of the weight, weight loss for busy physicians. Yes. Okay. So it's awesome guys. Yeah. We have not like, we've said this, I don't know how many times, but we are not, we're not busy physicians, but no, <laughs> But we do love her podcast and, um, she taught, she has an episode. It's, um, it's fairly near the, the beginning of her time in podcast, but she talks about the, uh, scarcity mentality and then the scarcity culture and really got me thinking about food and like why I eat or buy, especially buy certain foods and mm-hmm. then like, it also got me thinking like, oh my goodness, like all these food companies are, they're trying to get me to buy their product, but yeah. they're not necessarily, nutrition is not the number one thing on a lot of these companies. I mean, even companies that like say that nutrition is their game plan. I mean, they all have a yeah. mind that they've got to fulfill. Um, and wasn't it like, was it like the seventies or the eighties? Like 
snacking wasn't even a thing. Yeah, like, snacking w- was kind of invented in the 80s, like the mid-80s, I think, was when it started. They, they I mean, started seeing commercials. They were like, well, what? we need them to eat more food. We need to make more profit. So let's, uh, let's invent different times of the day where people eat food right. besides <laughs> mealtimes. Maybe they go so, like Taco Bell. Oh, you're ready for fifth meal or whatever Yeah, is. Yeah. But, like, it's. I don't know. It's kind of crazy if you think about like reading like Laura Ingalls, you know, and you think about what they're doing. And, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I I mean, you'll read like um, the Wilder, the farmer board book and you're like, Oh Mm -hmm. my goodness, that's so much food. But then if you go back and like read all the things that they were doing all day, like they're, this is their, they really only ate, you know, maybe that is their times. fuel, but yeah, I mean, this is like, you are, you're doing crazy amounts of labor and yeah. yeah, and like they, it was nothing. And honestly, yeah, didn't have that much sugar in it. And yeah, it <clears throat> didn't have that much sugar in it. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was fuel for them. So yeah. Um, isn't there like, isn't there something about the added sugar, like the companies put in? Yeah, I know that sugar. she's, I think Christina Yubel has mentioned that before about this, like there's a specific amount that they can add and they know like, like companies are very, they're not just like, oh, this tastes good. Let's sell it. It's not like, it's not that simple. <laughs> They're like, let's make this the most addictive food ever. Let's do tests and run and see. Okay, well, when we add this much sugar, they only want to eat this much. But if we add a little bit more, they want to eat more. And I can't, I couldn't find out what exactly the sugar was. I did try to figure it out. But I, I'm I sure it's find different it. for every, I mean, for yeah, every product. True. And I know that like, the other thing that kind of freaks me out, especially with like really processed food is like, how much like just the coloring like take cereal for example and it's like why does it have so much food dye in it well it's like well it doesn't look appealing if we don't add you know 40 red to it because it's like oh but like why do you have to eat that and I've heard that Doritos do not need um it's I think it's yeah, it's Doritos, I, I believe, that they don't actually have to, they could not have any of the, like, stuff on them. They could just be, that all the flavors and the, like, they would taste the same if they didn't mm-hmm. have all the dust on them or whatever, or it's Cheetos or Doritos, or there's something like that, that, like, they don't even have to have that stuff that, like, makes your hands messy, but they do it because it makes you want it more, but, like, because it just, you think it tastes better, but, yeah. So specifically about the scarcity culture or the scarcity mentality. So when I first heard that, and I heard that on um, the Busy Physicians podcast, the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast, she was talking about the scarcity mentality and how it pertained to food and everything. And if I had heard that, 
I mean, I knew that, like I knew that was a thing, um, but I'd never really thought about them using that in food and like marketing and yeah. everything when I thought, but when she was talking, like I really went back to like 2020 with the COVID and everything. And I realized yeah. at the time, this was about maybe six months ago, but I realized that like, I never really changed my buying habits after 2020, like, because I, you know, you didn't know if you were going to get another bag of flour. So if you had, yeah. if they had flour, I bought a bunch of flour, you know, just for example, or you toilet paper, mm -hmm. you know, you buy the limit of toilet paper because you don't know if you're going to yeah. get it again. Right. So yeah, I, I remember say, like doing pickup and everything was like, you can only get two of this. You can only get right? two. I'm like, oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like, getting two. But I'm like, why? Yeah, it's not like that anymore. You yeah. Know? And so I'm like, why am I, I? I'm still kind of doing that. And so then I got to thinking about like everything with that really. Um, so I, I looked up a few things about it. So the scarcity mindset, um, this little article I found says it's it's when you're so obsessed with a lack of something. So it could be, it could be food, it could be time, it could be money, it could be anything, but you can't focus on anything else. Um, but it's not necessarily something that you do on purpose. It's kind of like background noise and, um, your brain just makes it where you can't, you can't get what you want and you're going to have to focus all your efforts on getting this. And it just gives you like tunnel vision. If you don't get this thing, like it just mm -hmm. makes you, um, kind of obsessed with it. And you think about like with food, like how many times do you like, you're walking through the grocery store and it's like limited time yeah, pumpkin Oreos. And you're like, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, if I, don't I buy these right now, it's for a limited time. They're not going to have these anymore. And of and course I'll you never don't have tried it. You don't think like, you don't think that in your head, you're not like, Oh, if I don't get the, but yeah. you do, you don't realize you do, but you do. Cause you're like, Oh, I've never seen this kind before. They're probably not going to have them anymore, you know, or think about yeah. like Girl Scout cookies, which is an example that, um, she brings up in the podcast is like, it's once a year. You better buy all you yeah. can because they're not going to have them again or Halloween candy or Easter candy or whatever it is. Pumpkin spice lattes, Starbucks, <laughs> shamrock oh, yeah. shake. Um, I mean, it's McRibs. everywhere. <laughs> oh, if you see the latest thing is like, they said there's like a time limit. They're like, if you've never had a McRib, you better try it this month because they're gone. Oh, like, that's what they're saying now. So, so not true. <laughs> they're still going to bring it back. I've never had one of those, by the way. I've, I haven't either. I've, I, I think I could live without it, but yeah. yeah. So it says this feeling of scarcity is the big lie that we have all bought into. It's an innate fear that rests deep inside of us, whispering to our subconscious mind that we simply don't have enough. And whether we're con conscious of it or not, each of us tends to act upon the inaccurate um, impulse. So it's like, whether it's true or not, but uh, I, what I love about, um, Katrina is she says, 
what if it wasn't true? You know, it's like, yeah, we didn't have to think that way. Um, I did find this, um, this article said that when we think that way, it's lowering our intelligence, uh, i.e. brainwashing us, um, limiting our brain function, because we are literally like, this is what we're thinking about. Right. Right. And it's making it harder for us to control our impulses, but it's like, yeah. What if it wasn't, (laughs) I just love that. It's (laughs) like, um, but yeah, so basically what it does is it causes us to, um, buy food we don't need and sometimes binge eat. So it can screw up our diet. It can screw up. I mean, right. Cause we're, think of it, you've lost all this weight for the summer. You're headed into Thanksgiving. You're feeling great, but, oh, there's Turkey and there's dressing and it's only this time, yeah. you know, and it's pumpkin you can't pie have turkey at and, any other time of the year. But it's like, what if you could though? Yeah. You know? so it's like, <laughs> um, like, I even think that like, like her example with the Girl Scout cookies, it was like, they have like, first of all, Keebler fudge makes like a Samoa. Yeah. It tastes exactly the same. It does. It's and the there, I, I know there's like thin mint ice cream all the time in the store. Um, mm-hmm. you can also, I think you can buy them on their website all the time. I know that they do online stuff, but I'm pretty sure you could get them, but it's like, it's, is it really true? Or is it just something that you're trying to tell yourself to make an I excuse? I really wanted pumpkin pie. I could <laughs> literally make it any time of the year. They have the canned pumpkin puree in the store. I could literally do it anytime. I right. don't need it. Right. And, and, you know, sometimes it is true. Maybe this is the only time, but, and, you know, we're not saying like, you should never eat and <laughs> never buy yeah. time stuff. It's just a different way of like, thinking about it and not letting it control you. And it has been like super, super game changer for me. So they, um, just like little things, um, to think about is like, focus on what you do have. And this has been like a really big thing, especially with like prices at the grocery store that the way they are, like, I was a real big, like, I want you know, let's have a roast tonight. And, and, but it's like, well, do I have to have a roast? Cause I have all the stuff to make tomato soup, you know? So yeah. it's like, maybe I just eat what I have and, you know, I could do that another time when roast goes on sale, you know, it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. do I have, you know, is this get life changing if I don't do this? So focus on what you do have surround yourself with positive people. That's like, people that think the same way that you do. So like, if you have someone that's like, I've got to go get the pumpkin side last night, I've got to go get, yeah. the, you know, whatever, like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like we don't, if you're constantly searching for that, the next thing out there, like, yeah, maybe real bad yeah. friends a little bit or, um, kind of explain to them what you're thinking. Cause yeah. I'm just really like chasing the next big food item is just not the, I just, it's not healthy. Um, practice gratitude. So like be thankful for what you do have, 
be thankful for those experiences, enjoy them when you have them, but don't be chasing for the next big thing, you know? Yeah. And, and just like plan. I think that that was the big thing in her podcast was just like, this is, this is her way I'm going to eat. And, you know, if you want to make a special exception, plan for that exception. Don't just like spur of the moment. Oh my gosh, these limited time Oreos that I'm never going to see again. (laughs) You probably see something very similar and you don't, you don't have to have them, but because they're limited time, you know, another, another really good example of that is food trucks. I don't know. Food trucks are a big thing where you guys are, but they like to pop up. And then they don't, and then they pop up again and then, oh, they may not be back. You know, they're totally feeding on that scarcity mindset to get you (laughs) to come and eat. We were on a cruise and... Yeah, I remember one time we were on a cruise and we went to Grand Cayman and like the big thing there was, well, really like, I guess in the Caribbean in general, like the thing there is these rum cakes, like these Tortuga rum cakes. And they're like in these like hexagon shaped boxes and it's just like this big thing and you got to get one. And, but like when you go and you're, there's like all these different types and you go and it's like, it, it's you think that oh I'm never going to get to try this again but when you go into the stores that have them they all say we'll ship to you you can order it online right. and it's like oh I don't have to get this like I could if I ever really really wanted one I could just buy it online and they could ship it to my house like no big deal I think there's a lot of things like that where you don't act like a lot of times now if you really wanted something you could probably just get it shipped to your door not a big deal if you really wanted it. Yeah. And I think it's so important to like, just plan for it. And you, you were talking about this the other day of like, um, the like hungerness, like hungriness, hungerness. Is that, is that two different things? I'm not sure, but (laughs) you (laughs) you say like, you know, you get to overeating, but if you plan for it, so we went on vacation and I said, like, I'm going to have, I picked two things. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to my diet and eat what I usually eat or would have eaten, but I'm going to allow one time we're going to go to ice cream shop and I will be allowed to have ice cream. And there was this chocolate store that was it's a chain but it was like where we used to live and they have my favorite chocolates and I was like I'm gonna let myself get one chocolate and that was that was my basically my vacation thing well Mm -hmm. when um when I did the ice cream but when we got to the chocolate store they only had so they usually have them like in the little you know, glass case. And you can just say, I want one of those, one of those, one of those, you know, and you can pick up, Mm -hmm. but the one that I liked my favorite, they only had prepackaged in like a box of 16. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) And I was like, 
nope, that's not what I said yeah. I was going to do. And if I yeah. try it, I will eat the whole thing. So I told yeah. myself, I was like, <laughs> it just didn't work out this time. You know, it's like, it wasn't what I planned. And I was like, maybe work out next time, you know, and it's, it's going to be okay. But I just feel like you got to be like, you got to be true for you and plan what you want to do and not somebody else's, you know, like, <laughs> don't, don't have the Cheeto dust, you know? Yeah. Like, you gotta <laughs> like, you gotta, yeah. Make the decision for you and not what somebody else is brainwashing you into making the decision for you. But yeah, I really like the adding the, like planning what you're going to eat the next day. Like before I go to bed, I try to do that on my phone. I just have like on my notes app, I just say, okay, when am I going to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner the next day? And yeah. And like you're in control and that. you're not yeah. letting somebody else make the decisions for you. Yeah. And yeah. So d- highly recommend, um, Katrina, Ubell bell yes. for busy physicians podcast. If it doesn't matter if you're a physician or not, you can still get a lot out of it. Oh yeah, for sure. It's been really, really helpful in, um, I mean, I have lost weight, but it's not, it's really more of just like learning to live and be comfortable and feel full and use your brain and not some crazy dieting gimmick. So yeah, I highly recommend. She helps you to not emotionally eat anymore. basically like she, it's all in your brain and she helps you to kind of fix that. Like just summing, summing everything up, I, I just love what she says, but what if it wasn't true? What if you didn't need to constantly think that you didn't have enough, that you needed this thing um, and just like adapting a abundance mindset that like, I don't have to um, always be in need of something. Like, I feel like we can just have that turned in our minds of like, you know, I, my husband started saying, it's funny. It's like, oh, would you like some cheesecake? I've had cheesecake, you know, yeah. (laughs) like, like, oh, that's actually a pretty good attitude to have, but you know, it's like, there's, you know, things you can say to get out of that weird, awkward social thing when you, yeah. when you don't want to overeat, you know, it's like, do you want some pie? I've had pumpkin pie. <laughs> I know what but, it tastes like. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of, um, I, I also really like coming back to the whole, like Stalin brainwashing everyone and like, <laughs> um, the food companies brainwashing, like I want to make my own decisions about what I eat and like, why, yeah why am I buying this food and why am I eating this food? Like take a step back and like, you know, are we doing it for fuel? Are we doing it for, you know, but it was a spit in my budget. Like why, why are we eating what we're eating? Yeah. This is really something to think about. Thank you for listening to the is my heart showing podcast. Please consider subscribing follow us at is my heart showing on instagram 
and look us up on Facebook. We'd love for you to like our page. And we'll see you next time.